0: I'd like to start by rereading several of the verses from our gospel passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then skipping to 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son, from the Father full of grace and truth. There are a couple of ideas I'd like to dive into about these several verses I just reread. The first of these is just this concept of the Word becoming flesh, of Christ coming down to earth and being incarnate in the form of man. So what has happened here is a portion of the Godhead has come down and become a part of his creation. In Father Alex's sermon on Christmas Eve, He had the benefit of one of his grandchildren here, Rich, who he came down and brought over and lifted up and gave an awesome example of kind of the helplessness and the humility that it takes for, you know, Jesus to come down and take on the form of man. I think as humans, it's hard for us to grasp the idea of God becoming a portion of his creation, and so... Um, Rather than a child, I have here a vacuum robot. Um, It's certainly not as cute as a child and not as appealing, but I believe it illustrates a point. We as humans have created vacuum robots. And they do, this one, at least in particular, uh, does a pretty good job in my home. Um, iRobot is not a sponsor of this sermon. But... To encounter the world as this robot encounters the world really represents a, a huge limitation on just existence in general. I think this thing doesn't even understand three-dimensional space completely. Um, it's, it's like a quasi two-dimensional. But it's, just, it's, it's amazing to think of the idea of Christ coming down and becoming a portion of his creation. And so I just wanted to tease that out a little bit more And then the other thing I wanted to talk about more is this idea of Jesus as the word of God. What does that mean? I mean, there's a lot going on in these first several verses. Um, God, the word is with God, the word is God. Jesus is the word, Jesus is the light. The light has come into the world. Um, and there's just there's kind of a lot of moving parts. My understanding is the Greek word logos refers to both the spoken and unspoken word. It is the reason of God. So Christ has taken on and represents the reason of God, and there's kind of there's two aspects to this word, logos, and, and the reason of God. And one is the creative word of God, and the other is the governing or the law of God. And so, in terms of the creative word of God, just the terminology in the beginning is meant to remind the reader of creation, the creation story, going back to the very beginning where. Um, Unlike other creation narratives, God just speaks and things come into existence. Um, One of my favorite portions of the Chronicles of Narnia is the account and the magician's nephew. Um, The main characters, Diggory and Polly, they kind of stumble back and they arrive in Narnia through a very convoluted chain of events. At the very beginning, at its inception, And there's just this wide and empty and and formless land that's there and everything is pitch black. And there's just, all of a sudden in the silence, they're singing. And Aslan in the story is just walking through the land, kind of slowly revolving and singing everything into, into existence. And it's just this amazing visual imagery. Um, the other thing about the creative word of God is it's, in the Christmas season, it's easy for us to focus on Christ's birth. that Christ has come to earth, and at least for me, I don't know about for everybody else, but it's, it's easy to think of Christ as kind of coming into being in Christmas when that is absolutely not the case. I mean, Christ is co-eternal and has been here all along and was, was with God at the very beginning The other idea about the word logos, the governing word of God and the law, is that um, there's the idea that's presented with the Mosaic law um, in Deuteronomy 32, where the law represents the inheritance of life to Israel. In obedience to the law, Israelites are, are given the opportunity to enter into the life of God In Deuteronomy 32, verse 45, it says, and when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life. And by this word, you shall live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess this aspect of, of Jesus being the fulfillment of this word is, is confirmed in Matthew five seventeen, where Jesus says do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them so Christ, the living Word of God, who represents you know, the creative aspects of God, but also the governing the law of God and, and the, the law itself. Um, he, he's come, he's you know, taken on the form of a child, um, and, and he's present with us. Um, and then finally, Jesus as the living Word of God is powerful. In Philippians 2, verse 4, it says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant When I was a teenager, I had a nightmare, and in the nightmare I was choking, and I woke up choking. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen horror movies where you just feel this kind of gut gut fear inside you, but that's probably the easiest way to compare the, the fear I was feeling at the time when I woke up, and In the midst of my choking, I looked down, and at the foot of my bed was a demon. And all I could think to say was Jesus. And I said it, like in between gasps. And I said it again, but the second time more clearly, and the demon walked through the door and left the room. The name of Jesus is powerful. Considering the power of Jesus, considering the power of his word, my proposal for us as we move into 2022 is to honor Christ, the living word, with our words. And I would propose we do this in three ways. So here's the application of my first sermon. (laughs) Number one, speak the name of Jesus. Work it into our conversations. We live in a time with COVID where death and sickness is on everyone's mind. And when death is on everyone's mind, the question of, well, what happens after death is also on everybody's mind. So it's it's like one step away from talking about COVID to talking about Jesus. You know, here's a reason for the hope that I have. Christ came to bring life and to give it and give it abundantly. You know, I don't know how I would make it through this season of life if it weren't for the hope that I have in Christ. Um, I had a friend who asked me about giving to the homeless recently. And what I told her was that give openly, but work the name of Jesus into that conversation Um, Homelessness is a very complex thing, but one thing I think that um, can easily be agreed upon is the homeless need Jesus. And it can open up an opportunity to talk more. You know, if you bring Christ in that conversation, the name of Jesus is powerful and opens doors to speak into people's lives. Second thing, let us edify and build up our neighbor with our words it is popular these days to tear people down people who have differences of opinion people who don't see eye to eye i mean covid protocol for goodness sake i mean there's probably people who see me wearing these this double mask right now who's like ah, that's not really necessary there's other people who if i took my mask off right now they'd be scared to death but we're called to love our neighbor regardless of where we fall on the spectrum of belief with regards to COVID and and everything in general. Tearing people down is popular. Let us build others up. Romans 15 verse 1, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let us, each of us, please his neighbor for his good to build him up Proverbs 12, 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Does anybody feel recently like they're having a sword thrust into them? It sure feels that way to me sometimes. Proverbs 15, 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness and it breaks the spirit. Finally, let us be slow to speak and speak sparingly. James chapter 1, verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Almost every time I'm quick to speak, I'm quick to retort, I'm quick to respond, I'm not saying kind things, and I'm not building people up. Proverbs twenty-nine twenty. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs ten nineteen When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And then Matthew 6. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. That being said, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.